0: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre Market Prep Spencer Israel. Here with Joel L. Conan and Dennis Dick. You know, stories today. Uh, Coronavirus continues to spread. Market is continuing to react to that, but also a lot of earnings and some big ones too. Facebook, Tesla, Microsoft, a dozen others, two dozen others that we're not going to be able to get to all of them. If you have earnings reports you'd like us to discuss, aside from the big ones, drop them in the chat. We will try to get to them today. Speaking of the chat, uh, the pre-market... Benzinga.com chat is working. It's being a little bit finicky, but it is working. Uh, refresh your page. Uh, and if not, try going to the chat on YouTube.com slash Benzinga TV. Uh, it's working. It's just being a little bit finicky uh, this morning. Uh, our guest today is Steve Sears. He's a Barons columnist, also the author of The Indomitable Investor. He would join us at eight thirty-five. Uh Joel, what's going on here in the
2: overnight session? Uh some red, Spencer. Uh we're down twenty seven handles at twenty thirty two forty five seventy five. I had a little pop off that open, not much. Got 5 points above the open, 3277.50. That's your pre-market high. I think uh, a lot of people just like to see unchanged today or maybe just get over yesterday's low at 65 and a quarter. Uh we have gold, uh gold in the green by 8.80, 15.84, 80, Silver in the red by 22.3 cents at 17.71. <laughs> Crude move it towards fifty bucks, down a buck twenty-one at fifty-two twelve. And Bitcoin, kind of another light volume day here. It's uh, down twenty dollars at nine thousand five hundred and five. I think all those people that bought it up over the last couple of weeks are not willing to sell. But uh, we'll see what happens with Bitcoin when it makes a little run here at ten thousand uh, triple D uh, right on the screen again here.
3: Well, read right on the screen for really not again for the first time in a couple of days, which is starting to make more sense. I mean, we said yesterday, I called yesterday's rally a gift. I tweeted out multiple things. I mean, it was writing is on the wall here that this virus is going to probably worsen. And eventually the market's going to be worried about it again. We forgot it. Apple earnings helped it for a day. We forgot day. about it yesterday. We started to remember yesterday afternoon while we got a harsh reminder and a slap in the face or overnight. Spencer, just uh, give us, you know, there's multiple headlines here. The cases are up. That's not crazy, but um, they're up again. But I think this headline coming out of Japan is a catalyst. Um, I saw the S&P fall significantly on that. And then also uh, from the World Health Organization, some commentary there as well.
0: Uh, As far as some numbers, uh, uh, more people have now been infected with this than they were with the SARS virus. Uh, About 7,700 cases confirmed. About 170 of those people have died, uh, and the World Health Organization is meeting again today uh, to d- decide whether or not to declare uh, a-, a global emergency because of the epidemic here. So the Japan headline you're referring to, uh, they had sent a chartered flight to Wuhan uh, to get some Japanese citizens back to the country, and there was apparently some uh, infected uh, people on that on that flight. Uh, so this is just on... A- kind of continue what we've been talking about for the past couple of days it, we knew it wouldn't get better it, it would get worse before it, get, it, it got better and that's that's what's happening well and the market didn't know that though we knew it on this show and
3: but think, the market didn't because the market was buying the dip two days ago like it was going to be immediately better um i was just head scratching for the last two three days um obviously you know we were very concerned monday i said i hope we get a rally that we can sell into and that rally obviously came um, in the last couple of days and gave you a good opportunity. Uh, for the first time, I'll just tell you how I was, I'm approaching it. Uh, actually, first, uh, let's just you know, expand on the, J- the Japan headline, because it was the catalyst for at least the initial sell-off last night. We were trading relatively flat on the S&P, and then that Japan headline broke. So three nationals uh, test positive for coronavirus um, back in Japan. Obviously, that flight came from there. So everybody is obviously at risk who was on that flight. Hopefully they have those people contained. I don't know if they do. That's a big question mark, and I think a big question mark for the markets. And the S&P fell 10 points when that headline broke. So, you know, more cases around. Obviously still the epicenter is, um, you know, where the majority of the cases are coming from. So um, like the World Health Organization is saying, it's not a full-fledged emergency here yet, but it's still very, very scary. And the situation is very scary. And I've been nervous for a few days. If you've been listening to the show, um, I lightened up my portfolio in the last two days. I sold a number of stocks out of my long-term portfolio. And I also bought puts on the S, uh, on the SPY. I also bought puts on some airlines. So just uh, uh, playing the bounce. I mean, uh, fading that bounce, classic fade of the bounce. I sold my iRobot yesterday in the 54 handle. I sold Etsy. Um, I sold my Twitter I sold my I'm just trying to remember I sold my coals. I sold a number of stocks out of the long-term portfolio. I have the most cash I've had probably in, in a decade in my portfolio here right now. So and especially when you consider the hedge that I put on partially to hedge part of it, not completely hedged, still long overall, uh, but definitely lightened up into this rally. The last couple of days because I feel like it's a gift the market wasn't reading the tea leaves and I still think they aren't and you know what you might get a rally here again so you might get another chance here again. But I think when we look at this a week from now I think the market's going to be
2: substantially lower. Uh- take out the coronavirus virus as a catalyst, right? I mean, and I I like to look at that from that perspective. I mean, even before that happening, you look at the, the gains from, uh, from 2019 tacked them on in 2020 Uh, very extraordinary market coming into an election year. Also. I mean, usually the market performs pretty well in election year, but I think you got a lot of circumstances going on here. Uh, You know, Besides uh, this coronavirus and the expectations for the market just to keep going up and up and up and up and up is just not a real realistic expectation. Uh, It's good for the market to back and fill. It's good for the market to come in a little bit, consolidate, and grab some momentum. Unfortunately, it's you know uh, you know something is you know uh, the instigating this that's a you know that's a horrible thing so yes. you can look at it from a lot of different a uh, lot of different angles here i think for me uh my trigger point uh today and moving forward is going to be monday's low um we, so far, we came down to Tuesday's overnight low. We're getting a bounce. We're not bolting out of here. But uh, that's my key, 29.33. That was your low on Monday. So if you think there's all the people that bought the dip on Monday and didn't do the short-term trade and get out – uh, that's an uncle point for me. Under that, uh, I'm looking for under 3,200. I see a January 8th low at 31.81. Folks, remember the way we went up earlier in January. And if there's anything you should know from learning and listening to this show, the market goes up incrementally, 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 up like an escalator, down like an elevator. So that is, you know, the circumstance. Just basic market dynamics here is what we're looking at.
3: Yeah. So you're saying even without the virus, there may yes. have been, you know, this is a to take some profits. So let's say they contain the virus. it's just a good excuse to take some profits. So the, the, the buying the last couple of days, those buyers are, are obviously the ones yesterday are being proven wrong already so um but you did stuff in your long-term account though too and, and yeah i, I did. want to get into this so you're obviously a little more nervous than you're letting on here as well uh let's talk about you know what you did with some of your long-term what did you buy you bought some puts as well yes i
2: did i did very very similar to what you did um really don't like to lighten up the the holdings you know uh that much buying and selling and seem yeah. to miss out on things like that but uh I mean, I'm just, I'm getting a little bit later start than you um, on this, but this is something, you know, you don't, you don't like to do it in the hole. Like on Monday when I wanted to do it in the hole, I waited, I started yesterday and, you know, it's going to take a day or two to, you know, to figure out exactly what to do, what holdings. I mean, I'm always, I'm super high cash anyways. I'm a, I'm a Yeah. Well, age is a factor there. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly exactly so uh just i I would
3: say i'm sitting probably now in my stock portfolio over 30 percent cash so i went from probably like i don't know 10 to 12 to 30 in the last two days so i raised a substantial amount of cash so still long still long overall not going short the overall market you know my trading account i do short and i do different things and people are asking about some of these um uh, some of the stocks from the coronavirus lifts that we talk about. I am long some of those stocks. Yes, I'm long in NVC. I'm long a few because I believe that this is going to get uglier. So that's the play. Um, at least, you know, that's what I believe is the play is some of these stocks. But uh, it, it's, it's still just, you know, portfolio allocation. So I was talking with my long-term investment hat on there, and I just feel like uh, I think I'm going to get an opportunity to buy stocks a lot cheaper. I don't think the end of the world is coming here. But if you look at what the market did through SARS and the market, and and obviously, you know, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but in Ebola as well, the market was down over 10%. We can safely say that. And I think they were saying it was close to 20 with SARS. Um, So it was down substantially. I mean, here we are sitting down yesterday, 1.5% from the highs. I believe this virus. I, I truly believe this virus is going to be worse than SARS.
0: It's hard to compare because the markets were totally different environments. That was that was at, at the back end of a long term bear market, and yeah. this, this is in who this is at in the midst of a long term bull market. So, it's still oh. the market
3: though, and I'm just saying when we were talking the show yesterday, when I actually tweeted out the market is nuts. I, tr- I tweeted that yesterday. Um, Who's buying this thing one percent off the highs with this much, you know, stuff going on over in China? I mean, I, like we were saying on the show, even if you don't believe that, you know, this is going to, you know, come over here, the damage it's doing to the GDP in China—it's got to be enough for you to like say, stuff. "I, they I they need announced. to maybe yep. lighten up some of these stocks with multinational exposure." And there's a ton of them there, and there's a ton of them still sitting near the highs. So, you know, I think if you're buying the dip, I think you're on the wrong side. I think this is a sell the rip market. So at least until they get this thing contained. Once they get the thing contained, maybe I remove the hedges. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe I just lose. And like I was saying, the insurance was so cheap. Who's selling insurance? Like the market makers. Like when I, I literally was putting spy insurance on for one and a half percent four weeks out. One and a half percent. And if you wanted to go, you know, it, it was anywhere depending on where, where you picked your strike from one to two percent. So insuring your portfolio for one and a half percent through the next four weeks sounds like a no-brainer to me. And I didn't insure it all, uh, but I insured a chunk, and by buying puts. And um, obviously, you know, I was buying those puts when the spy was 32780, 327.90 yesterday. So we're down forty handles in one day. So those puts are going to be worth a lot of money here today. Um, but, a you're lot we them, yesterday. but you're no, not touching them. But you not ta- touching. No, I'm not buying anything today. I'm buying nothing. So I think this is just honestly, I think this is just the beginning of a serious market uh, correction here. But yeah. this is my thoughts. This is my opinion. And, you know, I've been saying this for the last, you know, th- three days. So we, we're going to move to the earnings here in one minute. I know maybe people don't want to hear this stuff anymore. But I think if you're buying the dip, I think you're on the wrong side of trade. That's All my right. opinion. All right. All
0: right. Uh, I want to talk about Facebook here. I, I, I have thoughts on this Facebook Face plan. report. So uh, to summarize Facebook here, the, the last quarter was okay. And the conference call was really bad. So let's get to uh, both of those uh, factors here. Let's start with the numbers from the last quarter. Uh, as far as uh, the numbers versus estimates, they were good. E- EPS $2.56, that's a three cent beat. Revenue 21.08 for $20.89 billion, that's a beat. Daily active users, one point six six versus one point six five billion. That's a beat. Monthly active users, two and a half billion, is in line. Average revenue per user, eight dollars fifty two cents versus an eight dollar thirty eight cent estimate. So that's a beat. So the numbers were all good. Yeah. Uh, what they didn't like was slowing growth, specifically in North America. This is, I think, the third or fourth quarter. Now in a row that uh, North American revenue growth it, growth is slowing. I think it, uh, it's down like 36 percent the growth rate that is uh, over the last year. But then we get to the conference call, and this is where it gets really bad, uh, in my opinion. And there's a really good Twitter thread about this. If you don't follow Jason Kint, it's Jason underscore K I N T uh, on Twitter. You really should. He's he's got really good thoughts on the digital media and advertising space, uh, and he was listening to the call and. And the key point is where they said, uh, expect deceleration of revenue due to global privacy laws. The majority of the impact is ahead of us. That's what the CFO said. The majority of the impact from global privacy laws is ahead of them. So they're, and they, you could tell they tried to like underplay it and tried to say, they, they didn't really go into detail about how it would affect them. But uh, this Twitter thread from Jason Kink does a really good job of outlining just the massive threat to Facebook. So Facebook gets ninety eighty percent of their revenue from advertising, and they get their advertising by harvesting uh, user data and allowing giving it to advertisers and allowing advertisers to target um, users based on the data that Facebook. Provides to them, so if there's going to be a global backlash, and there already is with GDPR uh, in Europe and uh, browsers like Firefox and Safari uh, changing the way they co- they collect data and then data they provide to Facebook, if there's a global backlash to data co- user data collection, and Facebook gets 98% of its revenue from advertising that is based off user data collection, there's going to be, of course there's gonna be a backlash, of course there's gonna be a slowdown in revenue. So I would be really concerned about Facebook here. Numbers aside, you know, again, earnings, revenue, it was good compared to the estimates, but I would be really concerned about Facebook here, long term, knowing that they get all their money by collecting, uh, harvesting user data, and we really haven't seen the full breadth of the of the backlash to that yet i think the, the worst is yet to come so that's why i'll be worried about facebook here i'm still long
3: it okay so i stuck along it um i'm worried about you know and obviously i'm in this from a lot lower this stock was really beat up over last summer and that's when i bought my shares i'm sticking with it um i i hear your concerns though and they are legitimate stock is probably trading down not only on the earnings report but maybe you know with some of this other concerns that you're talking about down 17 handles. It's significant. I'm not buying any dips here today. Like I said, again, because of the overall market and the virus, I'm not buying any dips. Uh, but if I, if the virus wasn't on the table, I'd be interested in this on a dip. But with the virus on the table, I'm not buying any dips.
2: Hmm. It's not bouncing. I mean, it's not bouncing. Yeah. I, 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 it's 205.11. Uh, That's your pre market low, and then it's just been eerily quiet here um, for several hours trading between 206 and 207. Uh, Someone here definitely firm offer at 207, 207. 207.50, and they're just hitting bids here. So, bids are not exactly. You know, disappearing, but man, this thing's not bouncing. No one's lifting offers. Bids are getting hit. People are whatever if they have the options or they had the straddle or they're playing against the puts or something. Someone's bringing some stock in. If that 205.10 holds, I'd be a little bit surprised on that. I do see a pair of lows in the mid 203 and a half handle. Uh, right. Those called 203.75, uh, your next stopping point. And then he just might want to think about two hundred today. I mean, it, I don't think that that would be out of the realm of possibilities. it's, just no, it's the way, of long
3: ways. That's possible.
2: Yeah, five, you know, five six bucks away. So whew, it's tough. I, I don't do not own this one. Never had to own it. Never will own it. Um, but never boy, seen that oh Well. What I never will on Facebook. Okay.
0: Um, I, I would love to know. I would love to know the average age of a Facebook user. I bet it's in the forties. I bet. Uh, I think young people, which is well, it's the, Instagram. I've heard though. that for a while. Yeah, but, I've but, that but Instagram's
3: the moneymaker here. No, so I, let's, I let's 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 no, be fair.
0: But I'm referring to Facebook specific. The
3: legacy isn't their isn't their golden child anymore. The Facebook. No, oh account. no, it's Instagram.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, Instagram, and even Instagram is being threatened to buy like, TikTok and, and these other and, and sure. platforms. It's going to always be
3: changing. I, I believe you know there's a lot of smart people that work at Facebook that are going to be on top of the changes as well, though. So um, maybe may I'm proven wrong on this one, and, and maybe it's the
0: overall market. But Instagram, it down. it's the same way. You know, They make their money off taking your data and targeting ads to you. So what's going to happen if we really I mean, who doesn't get- do that, though, on social
3: media? That's what they all do. Right. Is and, and, Isn't right. that the business model? Yeah, and Facebook is
0: the best at it.
3: Well, and Google's Facebook, pretty darn good too.
0: Yeah, Google has other stuff going on. I mean, you yeah, you're right, but Google has other stuff going on too.
3: Um, I mean maybe- Google, you know, you want to talk about regulators and regulator risk. You know, look at the Fitbit deal. I mean, Fitbit is trading at six sixty. There's a what is seven twenty five bid on the table here in cash? It's trading at almost a ten percent discount because you know what? They don't know if they're gonna let Google buy anything. Fitbit is a drop in the bucket. If they block this Fitbit deal for Google, if regular, and that's what the risk Arabs. So wouldn't we trade at six sixty right now if the risk Arabs didn't think there was a, a risk that this deal doesn't go through? So you know, if they, if they block the Fitbit deal, which is what? What's the what's the dollar value on this Fitbit deal?
0: A couple billion bucks? Pull it up quickly. Um... Let me hold on. I got what to, what, is, what is that? that like uh, Does down. anyone have the
2: timetable on that? That's very interesting. Uh
0: guys. two point two point one billion dollars. They're gonna block
3: a hundred or a trillion dollar company from buying a two billion dollar company because they're worried about this. I mean, the risk ARBs, are it, it may not happen, but the risk arbs sure think there's a possibility of it, or it wouldn't be trading at six sixty. So it wouldn't be trading with a ten percent discount to takeout price if so the risk arbs didn't think there was a potential that they blocked this deal that if they block the Fitbit deal, and this isn't, you know, they are just talking, but I'm looking yes, from a risk yep. guard perspective. If they block this, they're never letting Google acquire anything ever again. I mean, that's, it's, I, it'd be saying, ridiculous. It'd be absolutely I'm ridiculous saying, that they
0: block this deal. I'm not saying you're wrong to, uh, to, to be worried about Google, but I, I, I don't know uh, what the percentage of Google's revenue comes from ads. I'm just saying that 98% of Facebook's revenue comes from ads. And if, I got to <laughs> so think
3: Google's really high. That's,
0: it, i'm sure I'm sure it's high I don't know if it's that high, but ninety eight percent that's the entire, entire business
3: yeah right
0: so you know if, if we get some some real legislation with teeth uh beyond it's a risk beyond just other uh beyond the the browsers uh, making i mean Safari and firefox have made changes uh and uh, to how they allow sites like facebook to to take you right so it's not that it's not that easy anymore
3: it's a great point you're making spencer it's a great point you're making and um you know it has some merit for sure so um with that being said i'm sticking with my facebook here i'm in it from a lot lower i sold a lot of stocks into this rally um i'm not selling facebook 17 points down but i do agree with even looking at this chart i think this is going under 200 so I'm willing to hold it for a little bit here, though. Maybe eventually I just sell this out. I'm, like I said, I'm in it from a lot lower, but um, the thing made a new all-time high yesterday. Yes, the earnings report wasn't great. Yes, there's these other concerns here from a multiple perspective, you know. And obviously, I'm a valuation type guy. It's one of the cheaper tech stocks. I think it's trained 21 times earnings. But I, I think Joel has thoughts on the pre-market chart
0: again. You want
3: to? Be- uh- yeah.
2: No, no, you it's, just this is not bouncing. Right. No, this is fine. No, nah, move on. Next, Facebook. Next, I mean, it's not next. bouncing.
0: Next, so, market's bouncing. Thanks to uh, thanks to Raymond James for the strong buy. Oh man, I
2: appreciate that, that. That's any you know. That's another thing too, from a, just a technical standpoint. Everyone that was piling bad in yesterday Holy and
3: macros. Ah, it was a we, weekend we props, a gutsy call. Very gutsy call. They look really bad right now, though. <laughs> That's why uh-huh. when you make these gutsy calls, when it works in your favor, you look awesome. When it doesn't work in your favor, uh, how long can looks you switch quite your as awesome.
2: Like, can you come out today and go, it's a strong sell? Like, oh, do no. they let you do that, like, one day? I don't like, think so. oh, strong buy. No, strong sell. I, I, they're they're supposed
3: to they're like, be like, and these analysts aren't supposed to be changing six, the rating every other day. I mean, months, there's 12-month yeah. targets. They've done their homework and analysis. I'm assuming some of this homework takes, you know, weeks sometimes probably, if not a month. Mm-hmm. month probably. To together. Yeah. So, I would assume... That they're not going to just turn around and say, okay, yeah, we were wrong and the quarter wasn't as good. But the right. quarter wasn't even that bad, like Spencer was saying. You know, well, maybe the quarter, it's just other
0: worries. Right. Last quarter was, again, it was fine. Not that bad. It was fine. It was just – it's a question of slowing revenue you know, in the future. Yeah. Let's move on to Tesla here. Speaking of great reports, oh. has there ever been a better earnings report in the history of earnings reports on Wall Street than Tesla last quarter? I'd argue – Probably, but- Well, that was a good report. Tesla but, was great. Uh, here are their numbers. Uh, Q4 adjusted EPS, $2.14 versus a buck 72 estimate sales, $7.38 versus a $7.02 billion estimate. Q4 vehicle deliveries, 112 or just over 112,000 cars. They uh, guided that for the year, they would comfortably exceed 500,000 units- They gave some delivery numbers for uh, guidance numbers for the Model 3, the Model S, the Model Y. It was all good. Everything they said it was good. They're ahead of schedule on the Model Y. It it was all good.
3: Good numbers. CFO did say um, next quarterly impact could be uh, somewhat impacted by the coronavirus. That was said and they knocked a little bit of it off then. Uh, This thing was happily trading at 650 last night. It's obviously down. This is the overall market that's taken a little bit of wind out of its sails you know we're down 16 17 points where, where where we were trading from last night after hours um where it goes from here is still you know a, a big guessing game i mean it was a good quarter high expectations were priced in it was a very good quarter is it going to give it all back i don't think so it's tesla it's short squeezed it's loved i mean it's there's no, no stock that is more loved than this one here right now it seems like or at least you know that's hated so much by the shorts that they're sticking with and they keep getting squeezed so, it's a difficult difficult stock to just, you know, call when it's up 50 points here this morning. You chase it. The straddle we had priced out, I believe what was the straddle 60 bucks? Yeah. This market makers are pretty good at. Eh? So, anyways, if you just bought the calls, you're making money. If you bought the if you, you know, bought the straddle, you're now not in the money. So, Impressive, you know that you know that's just goes to show you buying straddles just doesn't really seem to work very often.
2: that's probably who brought it in when uh you know when we went to six uh six fifty nine ninety five uh, stopped ahead of just Got 660. Overdone. Yeah, anybody with the calls or yeah. a whole lot of calls and a whole lot of protection. People lock it in profits here. Uh, Apple, I'm just going to ta- talk about what Apple did yesterday. Definitely different yeah, stocks. But Apple, man, it made that pre-market high at 2790 327.90, and it dipped around all day. You come up in a regular session, you go to 32785 Wow. So, uh, that's if you really want a juicy target in Tesla, I'd look at that $659.95. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, just the way this pre market chart looks, I just think there's some patient profit taking going in this. Uh, hard to really even see where support is because the top of yesterday's range is way down there. But, uh, congratulations to Tesla. Uh, anyone along the call, along the stock, need to. F- drop fifty points to fill the gap from yesterday. I don't see that where that. I think Jeremy
3: Newsom was long. He was pretty happy about this, so congrats, just, Jeremy, as well. Just to give you um, an
0: idea of, of uh, on that that twenty twenty sales guidance where they said they're going to uh, deliver five hundred thousand cars comfortably, uh, the analyst from Argus said uh, it's a great thing to hear. He said it was mind blowing, the the guidance. So the people are really keying in on the on this comment that they're going to comfortably deliver more than five hundred thousand cars this year.
3: They also said that they see profits um, every quarter potentially going forward. Other than you know, they said, you know, when they were launching new products, but they yeah. basically said we're going to be profitable going forward here. At least that's what, you know, was completely implied here. Yeah. So um, so that commentary didn't hurt either. I mean saying that they're going to be profitable going forward um, uh, and they just said just when we're launching products you know new products that might be the only time we uh, operate at the loss. but they're pretty confident they're going to be profitable going forward takes a lot of the bear thesis off the table
0: yeah I mean it was, it was a great quarter
3: we're coming in though so 629 630 markets going up Tesla's doing its own thing so not exactly sure why it's uh, you know falling off substantially now but you know we just fell five six bucks more here in the last few minutes so maybe there's some commentary coming from an analyst or something uh, but uh, it's giving back some of it.
0: All right, let's move on to Microsoft here. Uh, this was also a uh, good uh, good report, and they gave guidance on the conference call. So the report said earnings per share a buck fifty one 51 versus a buck thirty two estimate. Revenue thirty six point nine one billion versus thirty five point six eight billion, so a beat on both of the uh, headline numbers last quarter. Again, moving on to that conference call. I'll read you what the CFO said, Amy Hood. Uh, she gave some guidance. She said total revenue for the year will be between will be in the thirty-four billion dollar range, uh, which is where analysts were looking for. And they said that it's all about the cloud with Microsoft. Cloud growth is continuing to drive them. Uh, cloud software revenue would be eleven point five to eleven point seven billion dollars uh, for the uh, and uh, going forward and. It's the growth rate for Azure hasn't slowed down, so it's all about the cloud.
3: Company is firing on all cylinders. A quarter of that is was just as good as Apple's. But let's take a look at what Apple is doing here this morning. So if the market continues to uh, be ugly, and I, as I'm I'm predicting, I think the market's going to get uglier next week. Um, you know, and I might be I might be wrong. Um, you're seeing Apple get back the majority of those gains here this morning. So with that being said, I'm absolutely not buying Micro in a normal market. This could be a gap and go situation. I don't think these are normal markets though. And I think when we look at this a few days later, I think there's a potential to give it back just because of market effects. Nothing to do with Microsoft, great quarter for the stock, just hard to buy something up six bucks with you know, at all time highs with so much risk in the macro picture.
2: Uh, Take a look at 176 if you're looking for a target here. And we're only a buck 40 off that level. Uh, This was in the after hours trading after the headline number. I'll give you the high in three 15 minute brackets 175.99, 176.20, and 175.87. What that's telling you is someone's targeting here the 176 area. So uh, I would use that as a target on the upside. Of course, you blow through that greener, you know, 177, 178, 179, 180, 200, 220, whatever you want to call. Uh, but on the way back down here, since you made that high, uh, 173.20 is your support since 630 a.m. So that's the early range, 173.20, 176 in Microsoft.
0: So um, many
3: big earnings from last yeah, night.
0: So many big ones. Let's go to let's go to PayPal. Someone threw that in the chat earlier. PayPal. Uh, reported after the bell yesterday. Q4 adjusted EPS, 86 cents versus an 83 cent estimate. Nice beat. Sales 4.96 versus $4.94 billion. So a beat on both the Q4 numbers. Q1 EPS guidance they gave was a smidge light. Q4 sales guidance, also a smidge light. Fiscal year guidance for the EPS was also light. Fiscal year sales guidance was uh, in line. Actually, that was light as well. So uh, it, it was light guidance, good earnings.
3: They they they've rallied this. They bought the dip in this thing last night. I think I got. I think I saw it down below 110. Where did they take this down to, Joel?
2: Uh in PayPal. Last see.
3: night after hours. I this was like in 109.
2: Oh, yep, that quick dip. They bought the dip. 108.75. Uh, you would have got hit on your 109 bid. Uh, nice rally off that level. Let's see from that 108.75 low. You rebounded all the way up to one, one, ooh, 240, oh, near 214, nearly 215 there. So wide range here. It looks like you have uh, shorter-term buyers coming in at the 112 level. Uh, looking at yesterday's range, you had a down day. Uh, 115, I, it's going to be a good area of resistance. That was yesterday's low. So that's what I'm using as resistance. Oh, man, that 109 or that 108.75. I think that's safe for now. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one.
3: It's a tough one. You're right. It's a tough one. I love this company. Again, the situation is with the overall markets here having me spooked. Nice rally in the market here right now. I hope we can rally back up because I'm actually going to sell more stocks. So (laughs) I know, like, I've got, you know, puts and that's probably hitting those. But I hope we go back, and I hope we can get back into the green here today. Um, I'm going to sell more stocks. So I don't feel like I sold enough. (laughs) So, anyways, uh, let, let's move on. PayPal. GDP. It was bringing- they
2: like that GDP. Yeah, fourth quarter sure. GDP annual rate. That comes in line 2.1%. Algos
3: will buy all this stuff. Algos are still trading on all this stuff. But the overall factor, I don't know if with this virus yeah, like out there, quarter. if a lot of this short-term stuff matters. Initial jobless yeah. claims are good. Yep. So, they're liking the data good let, let it rally back up love Square. It. I, I want to talk about square for a second wow. what an incredible three-day move for this they brought this square and this trades in sympathy sometimes with paypal that's why square is down here this morning also one hundred fifty-one thousand shares to sell as an imbalance for square too which is significant there um i'm long square i didn't sell any of my square I still love this company um i think on pullbacks and if the market turns it around i think this will be one of the stocks that lead us out of here if we do eventually get past all these macro worries uh, so I'm sticking with the square on a pullback here. In other in other markets on a pullback, I would be like you know I like square on this pullback with PayPal. But again, I'm not buying anything for the simple reason I'm worried about the overall market.
2: The most loved stock on the pre-market prep show: Square, loved by Dennis, loved by Sean Emery, uh, Sean. Like yep, Sean. Spencer Udall, likes it too. Are you yep. long
0: Square, Spencer? Uh, not direct. I mean, I'm having like an ETF.
3: Oh no, okay. I, yeah. really know. I, I thought you might buy just about everything
2: if you got an ETF. But uh, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it's true. Uh, so we're trading down a little bit in sympathy. Big three-day move here. Uh, let's go fill this gap. You know, over the you know, if the market can give a little bit of love here, you got a big old gap between seventy fifty one and eighty. You got to 76 yesterday, so uh, square, uh, bucking the trend and uh, down a little bit in sympathy. But if you're trading this and you want to, you know, you're looking for this to have a good day, get back up there and test the high, you want to get green first. Uh, that it- closed yesterday at 70, 76.16.
3: Yeah, obviously, PayPal's having an influence on this, but if the market goes to rally and get some of these losses, I think this is a stock that could actually end up even shrugging off the PayPal sympathy and going green. It's been a really good one. I'm sticking with it.
0: Let's do one more report uh, before our guest. Uh, Dennis, do you have any preferences? or a... Mo. Everyone's asking about Mo. Mo? Okay. We will do Altria. That's from this morning here. Uh, the Q4 adjusted EPS was in line buck $1.02. Uh, and then sales net of taxes was 4.0, sorry, $4.8 billion, which was just a smidge light. 4.88 was the estimate there. Uh, so in line on the EPS, slight miss on the sales figure. The guidance they gave for the fiscal year, uh, they guided uh, EPS of $4.39 to a $4.51 uh, range. And they lowered their EPS growth guidance by a couple percentage points.
3: I, I don't see much to really get that excited about in either yeah. direction on this stock. So it's pulling back. It's a defensive issue. So it's something that usually doesn't get slammed as hard with the overall market. So, you know, you see the market down. It's not like, I don't know if they're going to go slam and mow, but the guidance wasn't that great either. They did cut EPS growth guidance from five to 8% to four, four to 7%. So that wasn't great either. I was trading a little bit this morning. I'm out of it now so I can freely talk about it. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't Looks really have tired. a here. Just I don't looks, have an opinion here at 49.5. Yeah. The
2: only thing I'd say is it's had an extended rally uh, since October when it got beat up, and, yeah. you know, and it's just consolidating. It's like it's trying to go higher, and then everyone's picking on it at uh, 51 and change, so until you clear or get into the 52 handle – uh, I don't know. This just kind of this. It looks like a tired stock. I, you know, it's hard to get about excited it. about yeah, this it's hard one. Hard to get excited about it. All right, we're a couple minutes late here. Let's yeah, I know. Do- well,
0: we're still waiting for our guests to join us, though. So let's keep on rolling. We got a lot sure. to cover. There's yep. a bazillion stocks. Not like so we don't go. have a lot to cover. So I saw someone mention Coke. So let's do KO. Yeah, let's
3: do it. Wow, nice rally.
0: The EPS this morning in line, forty-four cents per share. Sales nine point one versus eight point eight five billion dollars. So nice uh, sales beat in the fourth quarter. They gave some uh, fiscal year EPS guidance of two dollars twenty-five cents. Sales growth of five percent on a year-over-year basis.
3: I don't have my book open. I gotta think there's something at fifty-eight bucks though. So I'd be cautious buying it here in the fifty-seven nineties. I think it'll struggle to get over fifty-eight. Just like yesterday when we talked about GE. We threw out that one number, 13 bucks. And it kissed it right on the kisser and couldn't get up through it. So that's your major resistance point for GE. I'm going to give you the same type of number in Coke this morning. The number of the day for Coke is 58. Takes out 58, the defensive nature of the stock could bring in higher. But if it can't, or if it starts to leak away from there, this is a stock that could potentially give some of it back. So I don't want to be a buyer. I'd rather be a buyer at 5801 as opposed to 5790, if that makes any
2: sense. Yeah, nice move for Coca-Cola here. Very, very unusual move. I don't know why they slammed it down to fifty. Wow, they slammed it, slammed it down to fifty-six for some reason. I saw the company; they they weren't going to make any comments yet um, regarding uh, the coronavirus. They're still going to keep their production, the manufacturing at the same levels. So they're, uh, you know, they're uh, playing it uh, close to the belt on that. All-time uh, high uh, that was made. Uh, in the issue, when just a uh, couple days ago, so near up all time high. Mr. Buffett's happy with this one, uh, all time high 57.87 trading right there, right now.
0: Steve is joining us in a second. Let's do one more, real quick, and let's do. Um, I've, analysis paralysis here i have too many to choose from and i don't know where
3: to go go jump over to uh verizon because it's widely owned we saw at&t egg on my face from yesterday here at&t was down 50 cents and i was like i don't think they're going to kill this thing i think you had good support in the thirty-seven seventy area i was looking at those two lows they cut through that like a hot knife through butter and slammed it down and maybe we should have been looking at the comcast you know report from before because comcast has continued to leak since obviously um, their report and AT&T, uh, wow, I did not see a beat like that down in AT&T. Also downgraded here this morning, so it's trading down here once again. You go to the next big support level, 3640. Uh, I have no position in this. Uh, I'm very surprised they hit it that hard. So, I mean, they're hitting it here again. Verizon's getting hit here too. Verizon got hit very hard yesterday as well. Was there other news in the second? Because Verizon got smoked yesterday too. They didn't even say anything now verizon comes out what was the verizon numbers
0: they weren't they weren't that bad the eps missed by a penny uh, by a penny the sales beat uh, by Holy a smidge
3: There's here on these defensive stocks yeah so verizon now going to trade right down to all its support 58 there's so many lows right here where it is right now but because at&t cut through their support like a hot knife through butter it makes me scared to come in here and and you know try to call a bottom on verizon
2: Uh, 58, uh, looks like you're, do we get as low as 58? No, we're just kind of hanging here. 58.40 is the pre-market low. Haven't really distanced itself from that area. Oh boy, 58. I do see a couple lows at 58 here, but, um, based on, you know, that AT&T action yesterday, I don't know, a lot, nice rally up, long consolidation period here, really since September, So I wouldn't get real worried about the, wow, under 59. I don't know. We could be breaking out of this long consolidation pattern. Uh, To the downside here, uh, nice run up near all-time highs. You know, still chance to, you know, take profits in this. If you choose to do so, all-time high was 62.22. All right.
0: Let's bring on our guest now, Steve Sears. He's a Barron's columnist. He's also the author of The Indomitable Investor, Why If You Succeed in the Stock Market When Everyone Else Fails, Steve, good morning.
1: Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How about you? Good.
0: Quite uh, an what, interesting
1: pre-market, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what earnings uh, reports have, have you most interested this morning?
1: I was watching all of them and going through some of the uh, some of the earnings calls, in particular, in which management blames <laughs> the Wuhan virus and thinking that's got to be probably the greatest excuse uh, You're gonna see in that the history a lot. of markets. You're going to see that every company I mean, that
3: misses now. They're going to be blaming it with the Wuhan virus.
1: I mean, it's, 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 it, this stuff is just nuts.
3: What, what is your thoughts on the virus overall? Let's just before we jump in, cause we've given our, our thoughts a lot on this show in the last few days. What's your thoughts here? I
1: mean, you, somebody commented, uh, at Barron's that automobiles kill more people each day than the Wuhan coronavirus. Um, I think that you know provided that it doesn't turn out to be the bubonic plague, which I do not think it will be, and provided that it it isn't uh, you know going to decimate entire countries' economies and supply chains, it's probably just the latest uh, flavor of the flavor of fear for the markets the Chinese government will, will contain it. they can't allow the world's second largest economy their policies to be a uh, uh, knocked. Out of control by wild game markets that sell snakes for people to eat. So I, I, th- I think they fix it. I think they get ahead of it, and I think the weakness that it, uh, uh, you know, that is causing around the world is an opportunity to, 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 to buy some stuff at good prices.
3: I hope you're right. Let's jump over into uh, some of these other earnings reports here. Let's talk Tesla first of all, because this is the stock that everybody. We talked about it a couple minutes ago, but I want to talk about it here again. I mean, it's up fifty-three points here. The stock it just has an eternal bit underneath it. I mean, somebody was saying it's in the last two months it's increased by the market cap of General Motors. Um, it's incredible right. story.
1: What what's your thoughts here on the Tesla numbers? I think the Tesla stock is is a uh there are a lot of cynics and of course people think the, the books are baked and all that sort of jazz. However, the stock is basically a cult and, and the people who down here do want to one are shorter, you know, are basically the, uh, the financial market equivalents of people who go into into sex and cults and try to convert people. It's just not going to happen. Um, this is one of those companies I believe that is sort of dancing in a ring outside, um, much of what wall street can understand and even the short sellers quite frankly tell me they often want to buy the car so we had a couple of trades that we recommended i've been bullish on it for a very long time and i'm not the least bit surprised by the by the huge move
0: what about some of these other reports here we, we talked facebook we talked microsoft we talked uh, coke verizon any of them strike you as as unwarranted, I, uh,
1: the, the reactions. I mean, well, I, I, I mean, I, I thought that Facebook. I was surprised to see the Facebook being schwacked 17 points uh, lower. Uh, I think what my takeaway is thus far from earnings is that people exist in a heightened state of uh, nervousness around these these you know, this truth or consequence time on the street, and when they see something like. Uh, you know, like like Facebook. Facebook's growth is not you know growing as fast as people want, or maybe maybe it actually is slowing. They just hit the eject button. And what? And you look at Variety You guys were talking about VZ earlier. bz has been dancing around in a two, two to three point range for a very very long time. Telephone got swacked on the on the on the job cuts. I, I think this is just uh, this is just the fast money tango, the biggest trade that ever goes on. It, 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 to my view is event-driven trading. So you're gonna bid all this stuff up in, into, into the print. The number comes out as good or bad, it goes up really high. And if it doesn't, it goes down really, it goes down perhaps more than merited. I think this is where the vol is and thus, and, and thus the edge. I think the reactions say more about the state of investors than about uh, the actual companies in most cases.
2: We're on the line with Steven Sears, Barron's columnist, writes the Striking Price every week on a definite Saturday read. Uh, you know, you talk about you know a lot of the strategies in your column are are selling puts, right? And but yep. they're always like cash secured puts. I think you know I think that people need to emphasize that. Are you looking at more uh, you know selling spreads, or the way that you approach these stocks is you know hey. If you want to own Facebook at you know one ninety five, you set that cash aside in the account. If in fact you do yeah. get put to yeah. it at that level,
1: well, I I think each options volatility pattern tells you what to do basically um, for the stock, uh-huh. and I, I I personally have rarely met. A downside put option in a blue chip stock that I didn't want to sell. I like the cash secured put strategy because a lot of people currently have cash in their accounts.
0: Uh-huh. They're
1: earning very poor returns because I think the 10 years, like 1.7 ish. And my other sort of general rule is, you know, being in a public position talking about this sort of stuff is first do no harm. If you're going to buy Facebook, um, selling a cash secured put is the exact same thing. Are there time to I do spreads? Absolutely. Uh, and some people even think quite candidly that it's better to, to sell a spread than it is to do a cash secured put. And I'm not going to argue that that's right or wrong, but I'm going to say that when you have to communicate with a huge swath of people at varying skill levels, many of whom are going to trade based on, on what's published, I try to, I just try to do, use my own. Uh, you know, it's, it's my Hippocratic oath The first of first do no harm. And that's okay. why I like the cash secured put. Okay. I mean, this is
3: where people get into trouble as they start writing puts and they start writing puts more than they can afford. And all of a sudden, stock has a big leg down and they're like all of a sudden in a margin call situation because they don't have the cash to come up with that many. And they're, in, and they're obviously, you know, the, the brokerage is going to come in there and then cover, the, cover that position. So it, yeah, it, look, it gets tricky.
1: One of my key lessons, I, my grandmother had a cousin. I guess it makes me look like my, my great cousin or something. And, and <laughs> we called him Uncle Morty. Uncle Morty, every week, sold 10 puts. And, you know, he and his friends, they would all get together, and they would carry these things around in their suit coats. And during the crash of 87, when I was just a wee lad, Uncle Morty got swacked with a $250,000 margin call, which was a lot of money in that, at, at, that, uh, at that time, and still is. So he covered it. But I've always had a bias since then against trading and margin. And I think that's probably a good rule. And the other thing with options is like, I think stupid mistakes. They don't realize that one contract represents a hundred shares, and they make mistakes on, you know, on, on the divisor and they over leverage and then they get their faces ripped off
2: the uncle morty margin story we're going to have to Oh, yeah, that's a uh, good one a great cousin uh, morty uh, just I, I uh, mean
3: just before you move on from the subject sure. you know this is what you see a lot of people you know that right puts right puts right puts and i mean in the last 5 to even 10, 10 years yeah. you've been rewarded significantly for writing puts and maybe you've gotten bigger thinking you've got the holy grail this strategy you know just works but i tell you if you were writing all those naked puts in 2007 Or in the year 2000, those eventually will come to roost and you will get that ugly margin call because eventually you're going to get this market that doesn't immediately come back. And you're going to get this market, you know, like if you go to the year, you know, and maybe it's probably 2007, 2008 where people got whacked a little bit more because we were coming back, back substantially. But I mean, there's people writing puts on the banks. And then you've got certain banks that actually go under. I mean, there was, you know, there's always a situation where, eventually if you're just writing naked puts all the time you'll get paid 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 and you'll make and you'll win on 95 or 98 percent of your trades but it's those couple of you know percent two three percent that can make you lose years or maybe even blow out your account if you get over leveraged
1: look i agree if you spend any time around the uh, you know, the old the, the old floors um there are a lot of guys who are who are swinging a big line, who just blew themselves up. And I think in this, I, I think in investing and trading, longevity is the goal. And the only way you can really have a long, prosperous career is to sort of maintain a, uh, you know, a type of paranoia and risk management.
2: One more question, Steve, before we let you go. I mean, uh, over, you know, we've had these kind of movements in the markets, different circumstances, you know, what did, I know you're very fundamental. I know you look at earnings I'm not sure how much you do on technicals, but like, do you have a point, like a level where you would say, you know, yeah, you know, maybe it's a little time to lighten up the portfolio or maybe this is going to be a little bit more, you know, like a 10 or 15% correction. Is it, you know, you feel for the market, is it earnings, is it macro events? Do you, do you have something that, uh, you know, that would kind of turn the tide as like, you know, just another buy the dip opportunity um, as opposed to like, you know, Hey, we do you know, we could be, have some extended downside here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but they're pretty profound uh, shifts. I'm a huge fan in watching the cost of capital, or the CFC, uh-huh. if the Federal Reserve does something to increase the cost of capital, that would change my views dramatically. That, that means if interest rates go up, in okay. an easy money world, I think you want to be somewhere farther out on the risk curve. Um, you know, technical analysis. I I look at charts. Um, I'm very interested in, in, in trends. Uh, but I remember what somebody on the floor of the SEBO told me, which was that all ships at the bottom of the sea are filled with charts. Yep. Right. But uh, of course, there are many ships at the bottom of the sea that don't have charts. So, so, so to me, it's something that I look at to refine my view. I'm very comfortable taking, as a discipline, the opposite sides of the crowd if I think the fundamentals of the stock are merited or misunderstood. And we talked about margin at the beginning. I think margin's a great way. For some people, I, I don't trade this way and I don't recommend it, but many professionals will use margin to magnify the trend. And um, I think that's, that's, that's fantastic, but the real money's made trying to catch turns. And the way you catch turns is by being on the opposite side of the street of the crowd, waiting for them to suddenly realize that Facebook, for example, is, is a monopoly and you can get in at uh, you know, between 80 and 100, that kind of stuff.
0: All right, we've been on with Steve Sears. He's a Barron's columnist, also the author of the book, The Indomitable Investor, Why if Few Succeed in the Market When Everyone Else Fails. Steve, thanks for the, for the time today, and have a good one.
1: Thanks, guys. Great to be with you.
0: Thanks, Steve. All right. All right, let's move on to UPS here. 8.54, five minutes left in the show. UPS reporting earnings this morning. Q4 adjusted EPS was in line at $2.11. Sales was a slight miss, $20.56 versus $20.67 billion.
3: A stock that has held up unbelievably well um, compared to FedEx. This is just night and day, and it's been very impressive. With that being said, it's kind of just been hanging here for a while and hanging above this 112. It absolutely needs to hold up here. I don't know if this is going to be the day that it's eventually going to you know, sell off, but when you go out there, the resistance from 120 and 125 has been very impressive as well. We had the big move back in the summer of 2019, uh, going up from the ninety eight dollars to the one twenty area. So if you were ever to breach like that whole one ten, then it's a slippery slope. So I even call it one twelve. Yep, so it needs to know. hold in here. Yep. That, yep. that's what I would say on UPS.
2: Yeah, I mean on a relative basis, uh compared to FedEx, definitely. Definitely has held up well. Uh, trading at one fourteen forty, it's down in the pre market. Uh, it just, it just looks like it's just hanging out here too long. And if you look at the monthlies, you had that big run up. Um, see if you can hold that one twelve area. But I have to agree, if anywhere get anywhere near back. 120, seems like resistance came down to 125, but I'm not going to see 120 today. Triple D, I'm in agreement with you here uh, on that 112 level in UPS.
0: All right, moving on here. Let's go – there's a couple of biotech and healthcare names I wanted to get to. Let's go yeah. to uh, Eli Lilly first, and then we can go to uh, Biogen uh, after uh, after that. So Eli Eli Lilly reporting – this morning uh, q4 Just eps buck 73 versus a buck 51 nice beat there sales 6.11 billion versus 5.9 billion beat there they also reaffirmed their adjusted eps guidance for the year
3: it's a good left um 142 i don't know what's going on there again i don't have my book open jv spec if you've got your book i wonder if there's one something in 142 so this could be a similar setup you know with the coke situation coke's come off there we we're talking coke is 5790 it's 5745 so already 45 cents from the level that we were saying was resistance um i don't know if there's something there in lily i should go open my book right now and find out though jv spec if you're in there you'll be quicker to me is there anything if- in the book in lily at 142
2: if there's not something in 142 folks there's going to be something in 143 uh you hit uh 143 uh on the initial pop uh just before 8:30 hit went down a little bit came back up to 14295 so don't know what's in there at 142 but uh great target on the upside at 143 for lily and uh Nice move up, traded at all time highs.
3: I'm logging into my book. I'll have that information for you in a sure. few minutes. Let's go do Biogen and the technicals while we talk to Lily. I'm still long Biogen in the long term portfolio just because I've been in it for so long ago, I'm obviously still concerned the Alzheimer's drug is not going to get approved, but as what I was saying that there is a shot at this thing getting approved. That's, you know, that's all that's going to matter here. You know, when we look at the stock six months from now, it's all just going to be whether that drug gets approved or not. So this is all just basically noise, you know, yes, it's going to trade up. Yes, you can trade a short term, but I'll tell you, you know how nervous I don't even like having this, like in my trading and long-term investment account. I'm willing to stick with it. If it falls to 70, 80, points that it's going to that it falls because the, the drug gets rejected and i'm prepared to take that risk but i'll tell you from a trading perspective i don't even like to be long as my trading account um because i don't want to be hit with you know the random news that all of a sudden the stock or the drug gets rejected do we have any timeline do you know spencer
0: I just uh, when they're, yeah, they're we, gonna be we always knew i think it'd be in the first quarter
3: yeah i think but we don't have like a day or anything like this could just come out of the blue boom rejected right or is there like a date that they're gonna actually review it i don't know let me look. I, I, I don't think I've, I've first, never seen first, a date.
0: First, let me give you the numbers. It was a yeah, very, guess the numbers. very nice earnings per share beat $8.34 for $7.92. Holy, they make a lot of money. So uh, sales 3.67 versus $3.52 billion. The guidance they gave for their earnings per share and their sales guidance this year was also good. So good numbers, stock pop. Let me look into if there is a date. Uh, sure. I don't know if there is.
2: Quiet ranges ahead of the report, getting a nice pop-up in Biogen uh, on a few different brackets here. You hit 290, 290. Seller stepped down to 289 there. So keeping an eye on 290 as your pre-market high. uh, Your daily charts uh, above 290. Uh, I see just one other high at two ninety eighty five. Then things open up to ninety four eighty. But when I look at this chart, I just look more of a trading range. This thing it's been in a trading range. Had a big pop up on uh, sudden reversal of fortune for that drug, the uh, Alzheimer drugs that helps uh, heart conditions. I guess. Uh, so I just you know hold the bottom of the trading range two seventy one forty eight started to come near that area yesterday or 3 days ago at 27624 so i'm just looking at this technically in a trading range kind of getting near the bottom of the trading range and probably the only thing to shake us out of it uh will be the announcement on that drug
1: yeah i
0: haven't been able to find any specific dates
3: i mean uh, that's it's going to be, and it's why it's in this range. This is just bulls and bears. So you yep. keeps paying the 280 to 300. But again, when you're holding it overnight, there's that risk that this is going to have a, a move, like 70 or 80 points in one direction or the other on this approval. So you always have that overnight risk. So if you're a short-term trader and you're trading on margin stuff, holding this overnight, just be aware, eventually one day and probably coming in this first quarter, this is going to have a huge move in one direction or the other. It's a waiting game
0: here for Biogen. All right, was there any more that you guys wanted to hit? So wow. We hit a
2: lot. We Yeah, uh, I mean there's a lot we didn't hit. Well,
3: Las Vegas Sands. I I'll oh, do Las Vegas Sands. Let's do it. The the, the the report was great. I tried to short this last night on the pop. I it was honestly up there not there was nothing to hit. It never really it, you had to be out there ahead of the print really get down and not even on that. It would never got down on any size. So, I think everybody had the same idea I do If Las Vegas Sands rallies at all. Um, you know, we know what's happening with the casinos over there probably. And, you know, the, the attendance is down so substantially that they're, taught, you know, that they're do, doing whatever they can, you know, over in Macau to, you know, they're still open, apparently, but they're, you know, cutting staff back, they're doing paid leave, they're doing whatever they can, because the attendance has dropped, fallen off a cliff. So this is going to impact their next quarter. So it didn't matter what these numbers look like. So right. again, whatever news algo was buying on the headline numbers is not following the overall story here, because this got immediately faded
0: number spencer i mean the numbers to the extent to which they matter it was an earnings per share beat, 88 cents for 78 cents a nice beat sales 3.5 or 3.3 billion in
3: other markets would take the macau thing off the table here right now the stock would be ripping on this but this was gonna be, get faded and everybody was ready to fade this so it traded up i believe to 66 handle last night um there was nothing it was 100 shares bit at 66 is what i saw because i was ready i was rearing I was like, well, I hit the 100 shares. I was trying to get down on more, and I was trying to get down higher. And then somebody hits the 100, and then it's back down. I mean, there was not a lot of size that traded up. So you can see the bar. You can see it trading up last night briefly on it. There was really no way to get down on any substantial size up there, though. I was trying.
2: All right. Uh, you got your pre-market low at uh, 63.36. Uh fits nicely with yesterday's low here at 63.13. A little trap door after that, uh, because the low on Monday uh, was sixty one oh eight. So very important for uh, Las Vegas Sands to hold that sixty three low, uh, that two day low. I don't think you're immediately going to whoosh to sixty one oh eight because people didn't get a chance to do a lot of buying between sixty one and sixty three. So it'll incrementally go down if you breach sixty three. Uh, sixty one oh eight, that'd be a a great target on the downside for lvs
0: uh, all right i think that'll do it for our show today uh, i want to thank our guest steve sears and everyone in our chats uh, both on youtube and premarket.benzinga.com i've been assured by our developers that the certificate issue with the pre-market chat has been resolved so the chat's working back to normal if for whatever reason it wasn't working for you earlier for a free trial of benzinga pro and a discount click on the link in the description of this video And to learn more about the upcoming Benzinga Academy's Capital Conference in Miami at the end of February, go to BenzingaEvents.com. You can always rewatch our show on YouTube or catch the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, wherever. Call us, 734-494-0246. Email us, benzinga.com. And please remember, always, all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership,